We're in November. Yes. Not a lot of year left in this one. <sighs> well, at least I have a few albums stacked up there. Jimmy Buffett. The ears fucked. The ears fucked. <laughs> the year. It's still loading. It's Buffett of the ring. Go with the Warren Buffett. You just let me know when you're ready. I'm sitting there waiting for you to start talking. Ah, right. I thought you were like pulling notes up and. No. Know, being an organised podcast host and. I did that long ago. Just sitting here with the beer. <laughs> well, now, can I ask a. Uh, question was i supposed to listen to clowns this week or was that last week's album this is the lamest excuse for not listening to an album i've ever heard no no i listened to the clowns album yeah well i'm just wondering whether I was it wasn't the message to- that said i have picked these two albums oh was it yeah see that's me just reading shit wrong there we go okay well i'm good then i have listened to both where would you like to start Gold star for you, Tripping Balls, episode 365. As Adam pointed out last week, now there's one for every day of the year, and that would be a shit year. Uh, I'm Doc Bezo. I read Clowns and Stepmother as one as one album when I read the message and then didn't put two and two together when I went back. You thought I was commenting on a family reunion. Yeah, that's right. Uh, would, it, would it be an interesting family reunion, I guess? Well, let's talk about um, neither of those. Let's talk about the kills. So- I think what I really like about The Kills as a band, not necessarily this album, but just as a band is, and I realise that this doesn't work, In it, the analogy in my head doesn't work because they're way, way too big a band to have ever played the alley, but they feel to me like a band that just would have been white hot in a space like that, you know, these dirty, grimy, tiny box where the music feels like it's three times too big for the space. Um, In saying that, this feels like an album where they're trying to expand their sound a bit beyond a two-piece. Would you agree with that? I felt like they they started doing that 10 years ago. I mean, they're not... It's not not like this is a completely new thing, no. Yeah, I mean, they, they got bracketed with, like, the White Stripes because of he plays, you know, jangly offbeat guitar. Um, but they were using bleeps and blurps and sequences and stuff right from the get-go. And this just does feel... I mean, it's barely a guitar album. You you know, it's not really... No. Don't really in that at all. It's 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 something completely different. There's, and, there's definitely guitar in it, but oh, it's, yeah. not, it's not a guitar-driven album. It's not no, like oh, it's, riffs it, in this are fucking amazing. No, it, 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 it has guitar. It does not have riff. There is no, no. riff. Um, but that's that, fine. You don't necessarily have to bring riff when you have guitar. Um, the, the the vibe this album gave me, and it's 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 not a a musical genre match, but it's kind of a vibe match in that it it has that it, it has that kind of rainy Sunday come down slash break up Ooh. feel that trip hop does. But I mean, it doesn't it doesn't sound like trip hop, but it gives that's you the same hop, kind no. of. It's bleak, but it's incredibly pretty. It's kind of filmic. It's very slow and deliberate, and um, it, it just it, it sort of it leaves you with that impression. She, and she definitely has a, a, a trip hop sort of voice. Like, yeah, I mean, she she would have fitted in well if they let anybody who wasn't from Bristol in there. Yeah, um, that that's a really good call, actually. Uh, I might <laughs> not. Not that I'm hoping to have a hangover between now and, and New Year's, but I'm sure I will fit one in somewhere. 
I will have had I'm, one I'm, a couple of days before this podcast comes yeah, out right. because of, you, because of the, you can the back on Beer Sunday. Festival. You can, you, you can add a little uh, add on add on to the thing. Oh no, the soundtrack to that will be doing the fucking edit on this fucking podcast. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um, I'm watching the I, I bloody of, WEC race from Bahrain. I I, I I fit these guys into my irrational likes. Which I sort of had little sims in, and I've spun completely the other way. It's like now I'm, I'm so down on anything that she does. I, I think she would need to, to really rip something amazing out to sort of bring me back in. But so you're the you're the Daryl Morey James Harden stage of the relationship yeah, where now, now you're, you're ripping up each other's love letters, uh, hating each other, um, blocking each other on so on Instagram. So, so I, I really really enjoyed this, but I, I wondered whether that was. Um, uh, like a, a past performance influencing current results sort of thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, the opposite of what they tell you in the uh, in the disclaimer text in the, all the superannuation commercials. <laughs> that bit that Jeff Lemon used to have to read on the ads. Oh no, thought it would. Maybe I'm a little bit down, you know, after the, the Bobby Lee's posting that, you know, their music is unsustainable because that's a good like, link but not, I don't think that was the order of operations was it you didn't hear about that before you listened to the Kills album but uh, no, no, yeah but, that's that but news I, fucking I, sucks. I guess I guess I sort of came in today going like I want I was trying to be more critical of this album because I like the band so much and I've sort of spun around going I just want these I, I want bands like this that I really enjoy their music like, I enjoy everything the Kills have done. I-, I want them to make more music. I don't want them to go away. Please don't go away. Like, that's, that's the sort of feeling the Bobby Lee's gave me. It's like... Well, they went away yeah, for... I mean, the, the last album was Ash and I, so that was 2016. Now, this this does feel like an evolution. It doesn't feel like a massive difference. There's certainly yeah. a lot more of a certain kind of song that was relatively common in Ash and Ice, and it is... Most of the story in God Games, but I can't say I like it. I can't say it's going to be an album of the year contender. But I, what's a word for like tends to have positive sort of joyous connotations for me, and this album doesn't have yeah. those at all. But um, this, this is a very absorbing album. It's an album that does capture you and carries you through right to the end. Right now, it's in that sort of five slot that there was nothing like. It just lacked a real. Like the future starts slow or doing it to death, you know, they're songs that stick in my brain and like You're a bit more jaggedy. I suppose the only the only yeah. real example of that was New York. Had that kind of jaggedy sort of they have emotion to them. Uh, and they have motion, not like more than more than just emotion. Yeah. Whereas this, and, this and really felt really, like a breakup. Really stuck in my brain, but it might it might just be it might need that summer treatment. It might need, you know. Uh, re- and the interesting thing about the, the re-listen this year is I don't know whether I've got as many albums in my long list. Like last year felt like there was a shitload of albums that I had to re-listen to to discard before I sort of got to where I wanted to go to. Well, um, the re-listen is about learning, figuring out what you don't know, figuring yeah. out what, what you don't know about an album. And a lot of these albums, I do kind of feel like I know what I feel about them. So yeah, it's just a matter of figuring sure. out which which ones I feel feel the most strongly about. I think I'm a bit more um, positive on this year than you are, though. I, I think you know. But then again, I'm a lot more you know. Fuck it. That's a. I'm not going to think too hard about it. I really enjoy that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in my uh, my yep. list of, of stuff. 
Keep that in the rotation. So I, I, I just want to make it really clear. I liked this album. I liked it a lot. I just don't know whether it, it contained the high points that are going to make me come back to it again and again like I do, um, you know, Ash and Ice and uh, what's the other album called? Uh, nowhere, blah, blah, no blood pressures. I think the blood other one pressures. Really oh like. yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, yeah. That's more. That's a bit more of a a rocky album for one of a better a better yes. a better phrase, isn't it? Like, and I sort of include what's their side project with um, Jack White. Well, that's just her. That's just Alison Mossart. Oh, is it Jamie? Jamie. I thought you Jamie. played a bit, of, a bit of guitar on that as well. No, he's not uh, in it. Okay. No, it's no the guitarists are uh, mostly Seattle dudes. I think. Okay. Um, yeah. No, he's not involved in that. Yep. All right. Talk to me about your stepmother. Speaking of, of people who play guitars, this is... Um, yes, this is a lot more guitar board. This is a lot more guitar. This is appropriately obnoxious. Um, this has some flame flow over fish. This is how you do it, Jamie. Hinge, or whatever your name is. Interestingly, though, the lyrics aren't just as depressing as the kills. It's less so about, you know, relationship breakups, and it's about Stalingrad, the siege of Stalingrad, and fucking, you know, cutting people's heads off with an axe, and being on heroin and torturing your little brother when your parents aren't around. Um, so it's, it's and, and, and my favourite song on the album, which is literally a song about welcoming the uh, wel- welcoming the world being nuked because it would be a fucking relief. Well, it's it's not exactly cheerful. There's, there's definitely we've had weeks like that this year, so I don't, I don't know whether that's. Uh, I think that seems expect, fairly reasonable. I expect to have had about fifty-two of them by the end of this. Um, but yeah, it's extremely it's this sort of cheery garage rock thunderbolt song. We're just thinking about you know, can they just drop the fucking bomb and get it over with? Which which amuses me. Um, the, the amusing thing I found was I thought they... I was like, why, why have they got a stick insect on the cover of this album while I was driving along in the car? And then, yeah, when I pulled up, I was like, oh, no, it's a tree. Uh, with eyes. With eyes, that makes, yeah. Well, that's why I thought it was a stick insect. Um, Fair enough. That's uh, what they look, call them, stick insects. This is a, a fairly Ron Seal sort of album, and, and it was it was very upfront about what it was about, and it continued to be upfront all the way through to the end of the album. So, yeah, this is one of those albums, as I was saying, this is not an album you need to re-listen to in six months' time to figure out what they were actually on about. No. This was, this no, is if, extremely... If you like it, you're going to like it. you like yes. it now, you're going to like it then. There's no nuance to be had. Yeah. yeah there's a few tracks that you could probably do without, but um, is this fits into that, that extremely large filing cabinet of albums that were good this year that might not be great enough to be to be thought about much later on in the year, but certainly a, certainly a lot of fun. And, uh, I enjoyed Rock TV, which you know, the lead guy is, is involved in the album last year, and this feels a lot like that. Um, it's just a, probably just a different collection of dudes doing the same sort of stuff. So, so this is where I, I get a little bit confused, is I listen to an album like this, and I'm like, oh, Doc's just going to be you know, over the moon about this. It's this you know, real upfront sort of snotty rock that he's just going to... Like, but you seem a little bit more muted about this than I thought you would be. I thought you would have really liked this. I really liked the bits of it I really liked. There was just some tracks I just wasn't that, that enamoured with. Yeah, and okay. I think also it's a bit like, it was a bit like a fast food burger from a really good fast food place. You're like, that was a fantastic yeah, you burger. Enjoy it. You, you enjoy it and then you're like, oh, that was a burger. Well, no, no, it, is, it is just a burger. You know, it, it, yeah. you, you just can't you can't sort of get up and claim that this is the greatest fucking achievement in the history of music. So that's kind of where if you think like you have a bunch of different sliding scales or a bunch of different things you can rate the albums on. Um, 
artistic achievement is not something that these guys are going to um, get a lot of attention on. But, you know, obviously the sliders are very high on just doing riffs and going full send. So speaking of, you know... Speaking of full send. Artistic ambition. How much artistic ambition do you reckon? Look, I mean, how many albums do you have a mini true crime pod about one of the Kelly Gang's early stouches uh, at the end of the album. I mean, that's... They tried some stuff on this because they're... <laughs> this this band is extremely loud and very silly. Um, oh, they don't really feel... Silly is... Like, very this, silly. This is not, not my type of music at all and I still was just like, what the fuck is going on here? I just... Like... Geeling in a, in a sort of almost. They a- are almost like a cabaret act in places, but they they are extremely technically proficient. I mean, this is the thing about Australian punk bands is they tend to be extremely good at what they do. I'm thinking of friends of Rom in this yeah. this respect. These guys do give me a lot of friends of vibes. Obviously, they're much more of a hardcore band, but they play around with like full '80s sort of histrionic power ballad slash thrash metal wanking, and they're just screaming absolute fucking nonsense. It wears after a while, but then they they get the guy from Coast File on to tell you the story of some fucking hotel robbery in, in Kelly country in the, the 1800s. And you think, what the fuck was any of that about? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the songs are, again, the songs are all depressing. They're all about, you know, lacking serotonin and being depressed and various things. So, so being a young person in Australia or New Zealand at the being moment. Being a young person. In, they're from Melbourne, so they're your problem. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, I liked it more than their last album that we did in 2020, I think. Nature Nurture. Yeah. I thought that was a bit more screamo emo fucking, which is the part of hardcore I don't really enjoy. Um, but this was some, as I said, extremely loud and very silly is is, is a, probably a, as fair a, um, a review as you're going to get of this. So I've got, I've got a question for you and for Adam and, and any of our other listeners as well. You know, straight out a challenge. You're gauntleting. Uh, well, gauntlet. no, it's not so much a challenge, but a, a, a question of um, influence and uh, what, like how to be supportive and, and how to give a young person the tools that they might need to be successful musically. So out of the three boys, two of them are really into their music, like – playing music not just listening to music they're all they're all massively into into listening to music i um i think i told you a couple of weeks ago i bought them they've all got their own sort of noise cancelling headphones and and their own music accounts now and that's just been very interesting watching all three of them diverge wander around singing at the top of their lungs completely oblivious to the fact that we're listening to all three of them doing that at the same time um well, it's better than, as you said the other week, than, than watching this same TV show separated by a couple of seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't want that. For sure. And and I was, it was interesting. You'll take the silent disco with non-silent karaoke if you have to. They, they were come, I was talking to – so they go to this high school bridging program called Area Band, which is high school and primary school kids playing in a concert band together. And I was talking to the, the teacher slash, you know, the guy that runs it, and we are talking about letting them play, letting them learn sheet music of songs that they like rather than the curriculum songs. And he's like, yeah, man, the curriculum songs are pretty fucking boring, eh? If, they, if they've if they got a song that they like, that they want to learn how to play or sheet music, like, go for it. That's fucking awesome. You know, the more they learn, the better. Um, 
And so we were driving home from this and we were talking about it. And I said, look, when I learned the flute in high school, like I only had the curriculum songs. Like there was no internet to jump on and download the, the you know, pop song of the day for fucking flute. Yeah. You just, you got what you got, what you were given sort of Also, thing. there were a limited number of songs that had a, like a, that highlighted flute. Yeah, that had a flute <laughs> that worked with flute. What did yeah. you have? Like that, that bit in fucking Land Down Under? That's about all you've got. But oh yeah, well, even the like that. There's that intro to the Jurassic Five song, right? With the where they capture the guy on. I think at it, 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 oh, sure shot from fucking Beastie Boys. But yeah, all you'd be doing yeah, is yeah, yeah, If I'd had that when I was going through high school as as something to sort of aim for, it would have been fucking awesome. And and these guys are learning all all sorts of weird shit. That they ask, they just go, hey, but. Can we have the sheet music to this? And we, you know, find it, print it out, and off they go. So Curtis is going to high school next year. He's going to get a computer, which means he'll have access to, you know, the internet. Uh, well, no, sort of more audition or Ableton Live or Garage Band or something like that. And I'm, I promised them to get him a, a, a sampler or a groove box for for Christmas for all three of them to use together. What else should I be? And you know, there's mics and stuff lying around here from the podcast. So there's there's the ability for them to be able to record music pretty easily. I'm just wondering what else I should sort of put in their path to encourage them to go from being active music listeners to writing music. As someone that you know, you you wrote a little bit of music in your youth, didn't you? I've ne- never wrote music. I, com- I compiled it in, um, and that was just because I had access to fucking the technology, and there yeah. was absolutely nobody telling me to do it. Um, there was just the fact that Adam and I both had that interest, and we were like, "Oh, what, what can we fucking make?" You know, yeah. was, that's just the the creative thing. That's the same reason, the same spark that leads me to have a fucking podcast. It's like, "What can I make mm. with this yep. stuff?" Can I make some, something interesting out of that? And I think you either have that interest or you don't. I think that I think they definitely do. Whereas without his musical journey, and not, not that I want to speak for him, but you know, it was much more regimented. It was much more led music lessons. You know, you know, doing this and that. It was very prescribed. And I don't know whether he'd tell you that that's the way that you'd if he's trying to encourage a kid to be interested in music. I'm not sure that's the way. You kind of have to let them want it enough for them to drive themselves to do it. I don't mean literally drive the car. I mean, drive them to be creative. But, you know, it's – I don't think either of us could tell you exactly what the what the best way to do that is because none of us have raised kids or been kids that, that actually had that experience. Well, I think what you're doing is fucking perfect. Just leave the tools around and let them fuck about with them. Yeah. And they'll figure it out. And let, let them discover their own interests and influences. I don't, I don't think you could have done it any other way. The thing is, though, that they could still end up rejecting everything that you – are interested in everything that you care about. Oh, for sure. that, and that and that's fine. It's more yeah. like the, the groove box is really interesting, right? Because it's it's an easy, particularly the one I've sort of picked out. You can record your own samples. You can do, you know, you you can record your own stuff, and then you know, loop and play and and just just do whatever you want. And then if you want to do straight sort of normal band recording, then you know. A modern Apple laptop has the like with the podcast. I have basically an interface that can plug six instruments into a laptop and go and go crazy. So and you use it for this? <laughs> yeah. What a fucking insult to the people at Apple! <laughs> um, like 
the 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 barrier to entry is pretty low. Um and yeah, I guess I'll just put it um, you know, put put it out there and, and see. So anyway, that that was any if anyone's got any advice, throw it out there. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I was just I just thought you might have disappeared. I'm just co- contemplating or whether the- I don't have anything further to say on this point, so I'm just gonna get out the way. So uh no, no, I'm, I guess I'm just more asking, like, if anyone's got any any things that have worked well um, to throw them my way, because, like, you know, sport, I'm not sure any music. of our listeners are old enough to um, to have grown musicians. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, anyway, Doc, what have you got for new music? What have I got for new music? That's a question that I can answer. I'm going to go for a bunch of chicks called No Bro. No, they are. They had an EP last year, I think, uh, that was pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're it's feminist punk rock. I know we've done a lot of punk rock recently, but fuck, you know, what do you expect with me? I, I picked that so someone else can pick something like Taylor Swift or whatever the fuck, so we can balance it all out. Uh, and, and look, it's feminist. What do you want? Zello should work again. Um, well, I'll balance that out. I, I, I'm very interested to see what the new DJ Shadow album is like i do feel like this style of music you have to take you have to do what our friend uh dan from the at the drive podcast was gonna do and he said i'm gonna have to set aside an entire weekend to be completely on drugs to listen to this properly which feels yeah, extremely probably. like posing look if i could spare the time and the money and the um you know child free space to to do that that would be awesome the recovery time to quite, yeah. enjoy, to, to quite enjoy that um, like I was sort of interested in it versus the Chemical Brothers album, which I went back and had another listen to, and I'm really pushing back. I actually think it's one of their worst albums that they've ever done. It just feels like oh weird. Somebody tried to tell you that on the night, and then you weren't you weren't having it. Yeah. So that's, that's weird. I, I, interesting. I was. Interesting. I was. I, I think I was trying to fool myself. So, but like you just bought a nice pie, and then you drop it, and you try and pick it up. It's like still good. I mean, it's it's still alright. <laughs> it's still good. I can get, I can wipe most of it off. Gravel in it. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if um, only there was some fucking gravel in that album. There wasn't anything like it. There was nothing gritty. Nah, it was- that was the problem. It was a bit too. It was a bit too. Like I, I think ever since they did that Formula One collaboration, they've gone downhill. To be honest, I think so. We did that. We did that the week they did it. We said this sucks. This fucking yeah. sucks for Formula One. This sucks for the Chemical Brothers. Just, just sucks on every fucking level. Look, to be honest. There's a great history between dance, dance slash, you know, music with beats and motorsport. You know, th- there's actually a proud history there, especially in England. But yeah, that felt that felt a bit weird. Just to make the point about about what kind of band No Bro are. Their album was called "Set Your Pussy Free." <laughs> well, that's that's something I can get behind. The, the EP from last last year was called "Live Your Truth, Shred Some Nya." So that's cool. Uh, so, you, but you uh, are going for? I'm going to uh, ask if I can do the Joker this week. What's your proposal? I'm going to go for an interesting, very London dance duo, DJ slash dance duo. Very, very. Londonish, shall we say, called uh, Chase and Status. Have you heard of Not them? Chase and Statham. Not Chase and Statham. Um, it, it, it's adjacent to the um, Chase and Status. Chase and Status. The album's called Too Rough Volume Ooh, One. Oh, it's two geezers in it. Oh, hello. They look like the Chemical Brothers' cousins. 
Yeah. Chemical Cousins. Too Rough Volume 1. No, that's not the end. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Too Rough Volume 1. No, Too that's Rough not, Volume 2. And it's not, no, it's not out. <laughs> Release Countdown. Releases on November the 10th, ah, which is next week. Okay. So, yes, you can have I've got, it. I've next, got it. You can have it next week. I've got it. It's here, it's ah. here as a Two Rough Volume 1 is here as a track list preview that you can pre-save. Okay. Oh, on my on my release um, list, it's out October 27th. So, there you go. All right. Or well, we kick that one down the, the can to next week. Have you got a joke of this? I week? do have a joker, and it came about because I listened to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, and he had- a series of friends on the podcast. He had a Mr. David Grohl, a Mr. Chris Novoselic, and a Mr. Mm. Stephen Albini in to talk about the 30th anniversary of In Utero by, by Nirvana. And that's an album I've given almost no thought to in 30 years because yeah. I think I must have listened to it a bit in a fucking brushes listening station and I thought, that's all fucking, don't like that. Um, it's a pretty down album. It's a different album from Nevermind, but I feel like I would like to reappraise that. Yeah. And because I, I really enjoyed the pod with, with those guys. It's been a while since we've looked, looked back. It's been a while. Um, and it's, it's an album I don't think I've really, I've really spent any time with at all. And, well, um, as I've I, said many times on this pod, Nirvana was not a band that I sort of dug in period, yeah. right? I like, I like Pearl Jam and I liked Stone Temple Pilots and I liked, Alice in Chains, but absolutely same, same, and also, In Utero was relatively close in time. There wasn't that long after that that Kurt did himself in. So In Utero was constantly framed in the context of, you know, this is this is where he was before he necked himself. So it's always framed within the within the the bounds of this being, you know, somebody who's incredibly measurable. But um, listening to them talk about the album and the way they made it, and the the fact that it wasn't made to be like that, and I would like to revisit that with with some distance and without Kurt's death being the fucking major yeah. framework for considering the album. So, um, you know, and it is obviously Nevermind gets a lot of shit for being, you know, a little bit poppy and, and that sort of stuff and, and Butch Vig cops the shit for that. But, you know, Albini was saying, look, it was actually the fact that it got mixed at Geffen out of Butch Vig's control. Well, the first thing they did when they got they got into this Minnesota studio to start work on in utero was to listen to the raw mixes as they left the studio of Nevermind. And it was much more like what they wanted. The, it sounded much more like the friggin' Pixies, which is really what, what they got because Albini had done the Pixies best albums of the late eighties. So uh, I'm interested to sort of listen to the production, but also reevaluate Kurt's lyrics and the approaches they've taken with it. And I should probably finally read Dave Grohl's book. Oh, just have a look. I was trying to trying to think of what. Oh yeah, Heart Shaped Box, Rape Me, Dumb. There's some good songs on this album. Yeah, it gets forgotten because it's not all. It's not just all fucking six bangers and then a soft song and then six more bangers and then a soft song. No, it's pretty bleak. <laughs> it is really bleak. Because Nevermind was so fucking cheerful. I mean, yeah, that's true. He wasn't a happy man. It was why he was on heroin for a lot of the period, and why he fucking I, fed himself I, I, a shoddy. I'm trying. I'm trying to think when when I listened to this last listened to this album as an album though, because there's a couple of songs I really like on this album that I've I've listened to. But look, I actually don't think I have. I think it's been on in, in parties, and we thought turn that fucking depressing shit off. It's it's been in lots of people's CD collections. It's, it's definitely not a a party album, that's for sure. No, it's it's a turn that fucking shit off. We've got you know. Then they go and put the fucking live album on again. Fucking throwing copper yet again. Oh, 
okay, you know, I um, I, I made a joke on our on our feed that you, Adam, and I have about deadlock and how you'd written the um, written the dialogue for one particular character that contained a lot of c words. It's the only person that I've ever. No, that, that's just Kate McCartney and Kate McLennan who just love that word death. They just they can't help themselves. Oh yeah, but it it it, it did make me throw back. To some of our early podcasts, the dialogue, I have to say, it's very similar. Um, but there is such a good live throwing copper joke in this show. I just, I was almost weeing. I was laughing that much. This, this chick at a funeral playing throwing copper again and again and again. Yes. And I just, this is I, relatable content for the Gen Xs and, just, and the, uh, the elder millennials. I, I, she is running down my cheek. I was just like, oh, I I think I would know probably 10 people that would do this. Yeah, and I went to school with nine of them. <laughs> oh, man, that album was so ubiquitous in, in sort of second year of university. It was it was terrifying. Well, for, for me, it was, it was high school parties. It was always on the fucking stereo at our mate's house where we had all the house parties. Yeah, well, like- Was that Jagged Little Pill and the President's first album? I would say that Jagged Little Pill and 10 was at every house party I ever went to. And, like, you know- we, we 10 were- was a bit late. We were, trying, we were trying to be a little bit more fucking- Present in, in the mid nineties, we no, no fucking Britpop, which is interesting. I did have a friend who who nah. went over to Europe and came back, you know, pumping definitely maybe and what's the story? But he, he got pretty short shrift. Like we forget that you used to have to put a CD on. Like I guess there was, uh, uh, I suppose, but you also, you also needed to get the say so of everybody else around you to put the CD <laughs> but, on. But the, I guess that's why Hottest One Hundred really took off because those CDs were so good in that it was a mixtape. Of stuff that was self-evidently popular because the people in the room had probably – we all voted for them. Yeah, that's right. You could put it on and you would probably keep a fair amount of people happy with the Triple J hottest, at least in the parties we were going to in in sort of university years. Like, I I guess I sort of forget how spoilt we are with with the, you know, the modern streaming services. It's like it's pretty easy to whack a playlist together. Like – it, like my kids understand the cue, and you know the fact that you do not skip a song. You put it in, if you want to pick a song, you put it into the queue and you wait until your song sort of, um, you, you know, comes up. But yeah, like <laughs> having to like put on an album and you get halfway through an album and someone take the CD out and put another. <laughs> That's just fucking bizarre now to even think about that. Yeah, but the whole politics around that and the whole you know you could start fights yeah. doing that shit. Fuck yeah, like. Or we we had a party here not that long ago where we had a playlist and someone uh, like the computer was in the lounge room and was skipping songs and <laughs> I had a friend come up to me and go you have to have a word with some of these people mate you don't fucking skip a song halfway through <laughs> it's just like you know there's a certain etiquette to these things um, yeah you do you let them play through because it's somebody's favourite song yeah that's right it's like, like it's always might not be some- yours but yours is coming like wait, wait for a couple of minutes it's generally a certain I, I don't mean to be stereotypical but it's generally a certain kind of woman who's had a certain number of white wines and is like no I don't like that one I like this or, one or, or gin and tonics or entirely that well they're the, not that level of sophistication you know it was yeah. it was goon bags back in the day but it's kind of like no, no, I don't like that. Have you got something that's a bit we can we dance to? Fuck off, Karen. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right, Doc. Good talking to you. It was. That was 
That was the after. Uh, no, not the after dark. Tripping balls. Tripping yeah. balls. Well, we can do an after dark after this if you have to. Um, pour a little out for the Bobby Lees. They're pulling stumps because Spotify cunts. Apparently, forty thousand listeners is not enough to make this a sustainable enterprise. This shit's broken, as we alluded to earlier, and we don't know how to fix it. So we're probably not going to move our playlist on Spotify because I don't think we can't fix this problem as individual fucking operators. So. No. But it sucks because we uh, we love that fucking Bellevue. It was our, the first consensus number one in the history of this podcast in terms of album of the year, and we both both really like Skin Suit as well. So uh, that's a damn yeah. shame. Oh, hope, hopefully it's a temporary thing. Yeah, although they've all, they've got a lot of other projects. The lead singer also does a bit of acting and stuff. She was in a uh, slasher film um, uh, not so long ago because I follow I follow them on um, on the Instagrams. I'm uh, pumping that a lot, but uh, yeah. But, you know, with a lot of bands, it's better just to get in, to have your big burst of creativity, than yeah. fuck off, rather than still be churning out the same dog shit in 12 years' time. <laughs> There's plenty of bands we sort of wish they hadn't kept going, so, yeah, yeah I guess so. And the Rolling Stones are still going at 80, which is why Adam made them his album of the week last week. Yeah. No surprises there, folks. Uh, the world's youngest boomer. All right. Catch you later, dog. See you, folks. See ya. Slagging him off all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You got, got to get a little bit in. Um, you can't have I, the fucking had, Rolling Stones since your album, album of the year when they've just made an album about as good as some of their 80s crap. The Taylor Swift um, Beatles discourse this week has just been. I've seen none of either of this, so this this reflects badly on you, not on me. Well, the, the, so evidently, I'm, I'm not entirely over it, but evidently, someone used AI to separate vocals out from. I don't. So something happened with a song and the Beatles song. I thought was this was a genuine and... job. I thought this was like a last. It's the very last of the archived shit that they've been scraping the bottom of the barrel. No, but it's just like there's all this music out there to talk about. Why are we talking? Because people. Why do people go to McDonald's when there's like lots of street food? It's because people are scared by change and they want the familiar. <laughs> so. so. Why are the fucking Rolling Stones making an album at 80? It's because there's an audience for it. Because people want to hear it. Yeah, that's right. I just, it just baffles me. It baffles does it? The conservatives... Does it, does it baffle yeah. you? Oh. You can never underestimate the ability of middle New Zealand or Australia to be conservative. You know, any election will tell you that. That's a depressing uh, thought, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> Fuck, it's all depressing, to be honest. Oh, well. That's, why, that's why I'm like... I, I like doing the stuff like the kids music because it's um yes um <laughs> it's, it's it's something to be positive about right like it's like don't think too closely about politics and climate change it's like look i might turn my yeah. you know i might turn my family into the bobby lees that's that's what i want to think you about. have to give it <laughs> you live on a hill you'll be fine
right. Thanks, dude. Thanks for doing this early. That's right. It's going to crash out. It's not that fucking early. Uh, in- enjoy your endo. They need to put you on better drugs. Yeah, I wish. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Peace out. Strange days, stranger days ahead. Strange days, stranger days ahead. Strange days, stranger days ahead. Strange days, stranger days ahead.